Women on the Line, produced at 3CR, acknowledges the people of the Kulin Nations, true owners, caretakers and custodians of the lands from which we broadcast. We pay respect to elders past and present of the Kulin Nation and we recognise their unceded sovereignty. And for today's show, we're recording from the lands of the Ngunnawal people, who are the true owners, caretakers and custodians of the lands and waterways from where we're recording. We want to pay respect to elders past and present and recognise their unceded sovereignty in the centre of power of the colony. Welcome to Women on the Line, a national feminist current affairs program produced by women and gender non-conforming people from 3CR Community Radio in Nam, Melbourne, on Wurundjeri Country, and broadcast across the Community Radio Network. I'm Shahrazad Blu. The vast majority of asylum seekers and refugees in Indonesia intended to pass through quickly en route to a final destination like Australia. Instead, due to shifting immigration policies in Australia, people end up being stuck for years with little support and little opportunities to integrate in Indonesia. Unable to go home, they wait and hope for resettlement as well as face the revolving door of detention. As of September 2021, there are or were approximately 13,273 refugees or people registered with the UN Refugee Agency, the UNHCR. And so for today's episode, we'll be talking to two writers based in Indonesia who have gone out to speak with friends and colleagues in their communities and share their stories. I'm joined by two writers based in Indonesia, Alina Mark and Nimo Ahmed, who co-present the show with me and share some of their work. So welcome, Alina and Nimo. Thank you, Shahrazad, for having us today. Thank you very much for having me today here. So do, do you want to tell listeners a little bit about yourself before we get into what you've prepared for the show? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Elena, and uh, I have been in Indonesia for four years. Actually, I'm a dentist uh, with the experience uh, for nine years, and I'm originally from Sudan. I'm Nemo. Originally, I'm from Somalia in Africa. Last seven, six years, I'm living in Indonesia. Uh, I'm volunteering many different programs of refugee living in Indonesia. And you have brought together two issues that refugee communities face in Indonesia. Elena, would you like to share with us what you are going to discuss today? Uh, So I'm going to discuss about uh, education, uh, uh, providing education to refugee children, because it's a huge conflict here in Indonesia. Today, I would like to discover the real situation that refugee women living in Indonesia currently they are. And I'm really excited to tell you more about this issue as a refugee woman living in Indonesia on their voice. Uh, 
I met Rawan's family four years ago when I arrived in Indonesia. When she found out I worked at a learning center, she wanted me to take her there straight away. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that because of limited spaces and the learning center was in a different city. She waited four years before she was able to join. The COVID-19 pandemic forced the learning centers to switch to online classes. I can see her excelling and becoming more confident. I just wanted to share some of her words. Hi, my name is Rawan. I'm 11 years old. I'm from Iraq. I'm happy I can go to school now. I want to be a doctor in the future. That was Rawan who's one of the 3,595 children registered with UNHCR in Indonesia. Around 1,700 school-aged children are not yet attending formal schools. To tackle this, children receive education through learning centers led by refugee community. UNHCR continue to lobby the Indonesian government for a people to have a better access to education. And there are many barriers and obstacles to assessing education, like a language barrier, a location of the school, uh, uh, documents where uh, refugee children, they don't have a formal certificate issued by these uh, local schools, and also the cultural differences. This creates a higher demand to overcome these issues refugees community to get together to open up educational learning center in Jakarta and Chisarwa. Faiza and I met four years ago and we worked at the learning centers. And she joins us today to discuss her experience navigating the educational field for refugees in Indonesia. Thank you, Faiza, for being with us today. Faiza, you have been working in the education field for refugees, children in Indonesia, for more than four years. First, you were a teacher in one of the learning centers, and then you became a co-founder for uh, Al-Ladiya Learning Center, and now you are co-founder and a partnership manager at For All Learning Center. What made you choose this path? Uh, thank you, Lena, for having me with you. Um, okay, so why did I chose education path? Um, it is because I I know what it feels like to not being able to access to education because my young siblings um, have struggled at the beginning when we come to Indonesia here to join uh, any uh, learning center or any learning program. So it was really painful uh, to see that. So I I, I joined at first in in uh, in a learning center just to expand my horizon and understand uh, the refugee community, understand why, uh, what is happening, why is that even happening, you know? So um, and understanding all of that helped me uh, a lot in. In, in co-founding uh, Aldea Learning Center in 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 an area where there was no learning centers over there, there was a lot of children facing a lot of program uh, 
sorry problems and then in finding for all it was also challenging and um, we wanted to reach to a refugees in in a different uh, cities that they don't have any learning centers at all so uh, knowing how it feels like to not being able to access education and having a good understanding and how you can help these people all of this contributed in helping me in what I'm doing right now what kind of support do the learning center provide uh, to the refugee children so the support that learning centers can give to the children it can vary to a different terms and and the support can be in a different terms uh, it can be a psychological support it can be um, a mental and emotional support because um, a lot of them have gone through traumas in their home countries so once they come here um, they need a lot of support to be able to come back to their to their normal uh, nature to be able to uh, access the the learning opportunity to the fullest the other kind of support can be um helping them to overcome the challenge that some of them that they are like they passed the age of of a normal school like for example in 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 normal cases the students the kid go to the school when he's six or seven year old and in in our case it it differ like you can you can have a kid who's who's ten year old and he has never gone to school. So uh, he needs kind of uh, support to be able to overcome uh, that challenge. So uh, these are some of the support that uh, learning centers uh, are giving to the refugee children. And definitely there is a lot, but that's some of it. So Faiza, what are the issues and the challenges people and specifically refugee children are facing in accessing education in Indonesia? So there are a lot of challenges um, refugee children are facing here in Indonesia. Some of these challenges are not being able to uh, access to education. So the opportunity to be able to join any uh, learning center is is uh, is not that easy. Uh, it's uh, usually hard because of the long waiting list. Um, in areas where there is a refugees learning center or also uh, Indonesian school and in areas where there's no any of these the main challenge is not being able to access to any of it so some of them try to overcome this challenge by uh, self-studying some uh, just wait for an opportunity uh, to be able to to access it or take it one of the problems refugee education is uh, facing uh, is not getting a formal certificate after they finish learning in the learning centers to be acceptable uh, outside uh, in the third country like US or New Zealand or Australia or Canada. How for all is planning to overcome this obstacle? Okay, uh, so we're planning to overcome this challenge by implementing a GED curriculum, which is equivalent to a high school certificate. And uh, GED certificate is, um, is certified by many uh, countries and universities. Uh, so by providing this um, a program to uh, refugees here in Indonesia will help them uh, uh, a lot in their third country. 
and um, we definitely we we need support in doing all of that but we're doing our best in in, in overcoming this uh, uh, challenge in your opinion what would be the best solution uh, to uh, face the increased demanding for refugee children in Indonesia okay so from my opinion I think the best option is uh, to support the refugees lead learning centers because now there is um, around 12 learning centers uh, in Jakarta and Bogor only and still there is a need for education because of the long waiting list like the students or uh, the kids are waiting for a very long time to get accepted in the learning centers and that is uh, only happening because of the, the shortage of the capabilities and the resources that the learning centers are facing to be able to accept I mean a large number of uh, refugees so um, a support might be an option and also um, in an Asian school might be an option as well but uh, they need um, a lot of support since just to make sure that They won't face any uh, uh, challenges, language barrier, um, bullying in the school, or uh, any other thing. So they they will need uh, a direct uh, support from the school that they will be joining and from the from the organization that will support them to join the program. Uh, and that was Pfizer. Nelson Mandela once said, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Let's save the future of these kids to be able to change the world to a better place. Across these stolen lands now called Australia, You have been listening to Women on the Line, highlighting a range of gender non-conforming and women voices, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. And Alina, thank you for putting that together. As Pfizer mentions, Indonesia is not a signatory to the 1951 UN Convention on Refugees which, as you say, Lena, creates difficulties and further exacerbates precarity for people seeking asylum, often to countries like Australia, who have inhumane and unnecessarily punitive and excessively strict border regimes in place. Experts and advocates point out that Australia offshore, offshores its responsibility under the UN Convention, as well as repeatedly violates international law. And I think often we hear of Australia's border policy as an abstract thing, like the way I've just said it, but this has really real effects as we can, as we've been listening to. Yes, uh, I would like to discuss the situation of refugee women living in Indonesia. 14,000 refugees living in Indonesia, 4,000 of them are women, and they don't have any access for a sexual heritage or a livelihood programs they can support by themselves. 
working on for a long time, last four years and a half, to women issues in Indonesia and being a part of it, uh, it really shows me how the situation going water day by day as a refugee woman can be survived in Indonesia. Here is interview that I have is two women living in Indonesia, Orin and Fahmo, and this is their voice. Welcome to Arawala Podcast. I'm here Nemo today, talking to you from Jakarta in Indonesia. Our episode tonight, we will focus the current situation of refugee living in Indonesia. There is a different critical situation that is coming from the forces of refugee there. Tonight, I have a two guests from refugee women living in Indonesia for a long time. I would like to welcome our first guest and we will discuss the current situation and what is their opinion or a voice they would like to share our podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much, Nemo, to welcome our podcast. Can you start from your name and where you're from and how long you have been in Indonesia? Uh, my name is Hodan. I'm from Somalia. I'm living in Indonesia since 2014. Uh, thank you, Hoden, to give us your precious time and accept the interview. I would like to ask you, how is the situation of refugee women living in Indonesia currently? Thank you to asking me the question, dear. Uh, pandemic situation make the refugee women life hard. Refugee mothers in Indonesia, they did not get financial support and refugee young or older are same situation of health condition. Okay, I, I understand like the old young age or adult age, they didn't get any health assisting condition and also personal financial support. So do you mean the mothers get financial support for kids and the family, but not by themselves? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, dear. Thank you very much. So would you like to say as a message from using Arola Broadcast's voice to send to the world or those who listen to your message tonight? Uh, thank you. Refugee uh, mothers' life in Indonesia needs uh, need is uh, attention, health is support, and financial. If you save mother, you save one children refugee. Oh, that's amazing. If you save one mother, it means you save a child. Yes. Thank you very much, uh, Hoden. Amazing lady. Uh, she's a refugee woman in Indonesia. So welcome. Can you introduce yourself? What's your name? Where you from originally? Thank you, Nimo, for coming your uh, broadcast. I'm Fahma from Somalia. I live in Indonesia and last seven years. Uh, how old are you, Fahma? Uh, I'm 23 years old. Wow, so young. Okay. Oh, Fahma, can you tell us? Uh, the situation of a young woman, refugee woman living in Indonesia, currently? 
Yeah, correct situation is very hard for uh, everyone refugee in Indonesia. Most vulnerable people as a young age for refugee women. Okay, that's amazing. So, do you have any message that you would like to share to the world as a young refugee woman? Yeah, I want to say the world and young refugee women need help, need attention of education, health and the resettlement. Thank you very much. Focusing on situation of refugee women in Indonesia. In general, uh, the situation is not only hard for refugee women. There's a 14,000 refugee women. They have no rights to work, no rights to learn or to go to education. So uh, this podcast, we will focus currently the ad- education and situation of refugee mothers in Indonesia. That was Horan and Fam, their experiences and messages for living as a refugee woman. The situation of refugee women, the main thing is they notice it about that they cannot affected only the rules and rights that they don't have other refugees, like lack of resettlement, lack of the borders closed or something like that. But these refugee women, they are suffering of the daily surviving. I seen many mothers or single women, they are suffering from language barrier, uh, lack of education, even their homes and violence and abuses is still silent. So being a mom of Indonesia, middle of this Asian country, you cannot understand their language. And also as a mother, she cannot write and read. It will be the, put the risk of her children in the future. And still there's no any active process or programs that can empowering or getting refugee women to get their rights of to learn or to survive in this country. So that's all from my side, and I am really witness what's going on in Indonesia. The refugee woman needs a well attention the rest of the world. Thank you, Nemo, for putting that together. And as you say, women face compounding effects of precarity, especially with the lack of access to services. And thank you, Elena and Nemo. Thank you, Shahrazad. Thank you, Shahrazad. So this is the first in a series of conversations that we will be bringing you from life at the border in Indonesia. So Elena and Nemo will be bringing you more stories in 2022. That's all we have time for today. We'd love to hear your comments or thoughts about the program. So please send us an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or give us a call at 3CR on 03 9419 You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Women on the Line is a national feminist current affairs program and is produced and presented by a range of women and gender non-conforming broadcasters from 3CR in Nam, Melbourne. 
We're broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. And the theme music that we use for Women on the Line is by Rifley Kavara. And our programs can be downloaded from 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. You can also find us on your favourite podcasting app. I'm Shahrazad Blue, and tune in to our show again next week on your local community radio station. And just a huge shout out and a big thank you to Two Double X FM in Canberra, ninety-eight point three FM, for letting us use their studios. And you can find out more about Two Double X FM at Two Double X FM We'll leave you with the rest of the sounds that you have been hearing, the oud, the instrument from what's known as the Middle East. The music is by a group called Sherita, which explores acoustic sounds from the region. So from the area around Turkey, Greece, Albania and the Levant. It's a group based in New York. Tango